all over America, in every city, you can go to the Van Gogh Immersive Exhibit. Now, he may have been flirting with divinity as inspiration, but my guest today, Joan of Angels, the divinity that inspired her works came from actual celestial beings. It's all coming up on Open Loops. Your unconscious mind is locked in, focusing on my voice. Let yourself fall into the trance of your favorite late night talk show for the shamelessly fringe. It's Open Loops with Greg Bornstein. Conversations that bend. Hello, everybody. Greg Bornstein here. Labor Day weekend coming up. Thought I'd throw this one at you. I am the host of Open Loops with Greg Bornstein. Conversations that bend. A curator of experience. A cultural hypnotist. A consciousness disruptor. And of course... A looper. What is this show exactly? What in the heck is an open loop? We'll get to that in a second. You see, my goal on this show is to challenge your existing belief systems by sharing with you radically unique ideas designed to stimulate your unconscious mind so you're forced to step into the highest version of yourself. And we do that with all the topics that take us away from it all. That's what we explore here. Those outside topics. Things that get a little weird, a little fringy. Spirituality, the esoteric, the conspiratorial, the magical, the hypnotic, the extraterrestrial, and perhaps the deepest questions of them all. Who and what we really are. Now, Today's episode is a very interesting one indeed because following this week, I mean, this this has been an interesting week on Open Loops. We started with Bob Jaco earlier on, who was the leader of Co-Creation Global, an amazing an amazing initiative to to really take us all back to one source consciousness. Middle of the week, we have the Rainbow Emperor and Time Lord. And then in this week, to round it all up, in in uh, perhaps, should I say, ambitious titles? Perhaps, should I say, exemplary titles? In, 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 in just pure epic, epic titling, I present to you Joan of Angels. I love Joan. I, I, I met her recently at this conference, Total Disclosure. She was fantastic, very interesting talk on discernment, which is something that isn't, it, it's, I, I've had some guests talk about it on the show. A lot of the time my guests get very excited about their spiritual teachings and their healing modalities and teaching people about the things they've learned. The, rarely do they talk about the act 
of discerning what is true and what isn't and exploring that from a spiritual perspective, but also a somewhat rational perspective because you have to have a little both. You can't be all right brain wildness. You have to actually balance out both sides. And I thought Joan's talk was fantastic. That said, this interview, <laughs> this interview goes all over the place. I mean, it is all over the map. Talk about a right brain conversation. Now, I I believe that I did my part here to ground it as much as I could, but how can you, how can you? I mean, you're talking to someone that communicates with angels over here. Very interesting lady, has a background in, in working with people as a chiropractor and then transitioning into Reiki and using other change modalities to help a lot of people. But also the thing that struck me about Angel's story is the visionary artwork. We originally went live on Facebook with this interview, took interaction from the audience, so you'll hear a little bit of that here. But I I, uh, I love this conversation with Joan of Angels because, well, she didn't even name herself that. I think you'll find it interesting, too. If you enjoy Open Loops, please make sure to share this podcast with your friends and family and follow it on Apple Podcasts. If you enjoy it, hey, Rate the show, leave a review. It always helps. Here she is. Get ready. It's Joan. Today on Open Loops, we have Joan of Angels. She is a, she's many things, a miracle maker, uh, a channel, a, uh, she, she speaks the guide, she's a psychic, she's an artist, she's a visionary, uh, she just, uh, she, she helps you awaken up your intuitive ninja powers, which is all kinds of fascinating. I mean, we're going to get into this today. Joan, thanks so much for coming on the show. What a great intro, Greg. You have the best, like, radio voice. <laughs> you know, people said this for a long time, and I never did anything with it. But now is the time. Now is the time to be the voice of the people. Um, yes, we we have to. We I, and, and it's important to be a voice out there. I mean, I I, I think um, you know we were just part of this conference together. Total disclosure, put on by Watchers Talk and in Full Spectrum Universe, and one of the things that just kept coming up over and over again was if so many people are talking about extraterrestrials, if so many instances of indigo children, rainbow children, people are experiencing these things, if if people are talking the guides, if if this is so prevalent in society, how can it not be talked about constantly? Um, why isn't it? Why aren't people, why weren't people talking about it? Why is it now that, and, and it's great that we have the opportunity to do this. I'm wondering, you know what, 30 years ago, if you had had the same experiences that you had to get to where you are now with your art, with your services, with everything you're doing to waking up intuition in the world, what do you think you would have done, Joan, if this was 30 years earlier? How would things be different than now? 
Well, first of all, things would be very different. A lot of things that they didn't talk about 30 years ago or 40 years ago. Now, I joined a spiritual movement during those times, okay? And so I was sort of on the cutting edge of spirituality and a spiritual movement, but people were just getting into things like tarot. They were just getting into astrology. It was like the beginning of this opening of consciousness and awareness. They were not talking about ETs. They were not talking about angels being present or angel numbers. All of this, quote, woo-woo stuff really started, I think, around then, but it unfolded to where it's gotten today. Now, the reason they have not talked about it is that the system has not wanted us to... You know, I was thinking about this today. We live on on a planet filled with deceit. Everything that we're told is probably wrong, but it takes a lifetime to figure that out. Right. You know, so kind of we came here to figure it out, I think, even though that they, they're not telling us. So, you know, you're, even the stuff about ETs, it's personal self-awareness. Like when we finally say, oh, my God, I just saw something or it's real. So society's not talking about it. And they and they cover it up in that way. So it's up to us to sort of come to to learn about it. And so what I loved about that conference is I couldn't believe without having anything coming from outside in all these people learned so much about about disclosure about hybrids about ETs about dimensions, they learned it from channeling it directly from source. Yeah. Do you, were you always an iconoclast? I mean, were you, uh, were you always a rebel? I mean, I know you have this artist background, so I go, well, somebody that's doing that at some level has to have been, yeah, let's go into that a little bit. I'm curious. I tried to conform, Greg. I so tried to conform. Yes. My dad would only let me go to college if I agreed to be an elementary school teacher because elementary school teachers, when you know, they worked all year, but they would have summer vacations off with their kids and holidays off with their kids. And that is what my dad expected of me. Okay, so I, I did. I went to school and he wanted me to make, be an elementary school teacher. And in the very beginning, first I pushed him to allow me to be a, a science teacher major. Okay, but then I, I was so shy, Greg, that I flunked student teaching. I couldn't even stand in front of a class and teach. I was afraid to have these seventh graders looking at me and a teacher looking at me that I actually couldn't do it. So to say that at a young age, I I saw who I would be. Well, the only person I ever wanted to be my entire life and hold on to your hat, but I I wanted to be Joan of of Arc. Okay. Wow. That is wild. I read everything I could about Joan, even when I had measles, you know, and you weren't allowed to read. I, I, I snuck it out when my mom left the room. But yeah, and, and what amazed me about her is that she she was this little poor, you know, poor peasant girl. And she had the guts to follow this call that kept coming through to her, that she could help the king, that she could restore France, that she could do all that. And she trusted those visions of hers. Can you believe that, Greg? She actually went before the king. Yeah. And she had the courage to talk the the local pastor into doing it, the priest. Like, this is unheard of. And so 
was I an icon, you know, or, or a rebel? Well, no, but I had my own way. And I do realize that I don't cooperate. There is a part of me that reads, if you, if you start telling me what to do, I may smile for the first period of time and you think I'm cooperative, right. but I am not. And I don't, long ago I learned, I learned that it's not right for humans to push other humans around. Yeah, it makes me wonder what even is a what would a conforming spiritual thought leader even look like? I mean, I, I guess it's someone that very much enjoys going to church service and would show up on Clubhouse or Instagram and just I mean, there are people that do that out there. Um, but I guess hmm, my curiosity is about this angels and, and Joan of Arc. I mean, Joan of Arc was talking within the framework of a more traditional, I suppose, Christianity. Uh, what's the difference between her and the angels that you converse with? Well, she spoke directly to God and to the angels, but she, you know, Joan of Arc and me are very different. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, there's definitely a difference here. Very, very different. But when I was a young girl, it was the qualities that she had that so inspired me to be able to talk to the gods and to, to, I don't know, there was something about it was so moving. And a few years ago, I don't know if you know who Kevin Ryerson is. He's Kev, he's Shirley MacLaine's psychic. Oh, and wow. I was having dinner with him and a few other people and my friend Trisha McCannon says, well, do you, do you um, what did she say? Do you think that Joan, do you think that Joan was Joan of Arc? That's what she said to him. And he looked at us, we're, we're having dinner, it's a friendly dinner. And the hair on my arm stood up about this high, if you could believe that. <laughs> and everyone had chills and he said, Joan of Arc believed in miracles. And that's all he said. And, and um, of course I had just written my book on miracles and everything I talk about in my life is miracles you know, and stepping into your power and, and mastering miracles. So, but I was named Joan of Angels in a little, I did not name myself, Greg. I don't want you to think I had the audacity to do that. <laughs> That's fair. Okay. Everybody out there, she didn't name her. She's not the self-proclaimed Joan of Angels. Um, well, now I am. <laughs> <laughs> well, but, hey, but, but you're owning the title. How did you get it? Well, in 2013, I received messages from angels to paint 33 angels in 30 days. I thought they were nuts because that's a lot of work, a lot of canvases, and I couldn't paint eyes. So I told them no at first, and then they keep nagging me to do it. And I finally just said, you know, things aren't, I wasn't in such a good headspace. I said, maybe this will help me. So I did, I painted 33 angels in 30 days and put them up on the wall and a book fell off the shelf says your call for angelic assistance has been heard. Okay, thus launching all the art that you see here, many of the pieces that, yeah, they're, they're that, beautiful. that, I, uh, that I did and actually I have a whole house full of art. And so I began painting angels and I was told by this woman who lived here in the desert that Archangel Gabriel told her that I had to move here to the desert so I could actually open up my communication channels even better.
Now I'd been doing readings, I'm an oracle and, and a medium for many people, but you know, he's, they said I could hear more. So of course I moved out here. And on day two, I met a friend from LA. She wanted to introduce me to some locals here. We're at this very busy breakfast place and the woman Robin sitting across from me and just like this, just like we would look in Zoom. She said, what did you say your name was again? And I said, I'm Joan. And then she, she went like that, you know how it is, stop. Hmm. And I felt the whole cafe went quiet. It was a busy cafe, no noise. I was in that timeless bubble. And almost from the great divine, I heard, I know who you are, you're Joan of, and I did think she was gonna say, oh, she said, Joan of angels. And I heard the hallelujah chorus and it was like, oh my God, that's the name. Cause I, I didn't know what to call myself. My, my working, my business name, my chiropractic name, Joan Hangarter, so mundane, you know, and I wanted a new name. So I embraced it, but I will tell you that it was very challenging. It embarrassed me. It was like, oh my God, suddenly I've become that person. And one day I was with my daughter, we were shopping and someone, they said, well, what's your name? And I said, Joan of Angels. It was like an accident. I knew I shouldn't have. My daughter starts going like this to me. It's like, mom, how could you say that? You don't, do you have to lead with that? Right, right. <laughs> so, and, and is she over it now? I mean, is she, is she good with having a mom that's Joan of Angels? That's a, that's a pretty cool mom to uh, well, talk to people about. I mean, uh, yeah, what, what, what's I that like? Okay, so actually, my daughter's friends in high school all loved me because I did readings for all of them. Okay, even the senior proms, you know, the senior nights, I would stay up till three in the morning, I would do readings for all of her friends and, and they all loved me. <laughs> they would say to her, God, I wish I had a mother like you. Right, right. Meanwhile, my daughter, God bless her, I love, adore this girl. She would say, mom, can't you be like everyone else's mom? Oh, that is rough. That's rough. <laughs> now, now, when you're tapped into the celestial at that point, I mean, do you do you even care? Are you just do you do you trust the spirit? I mean, I don't know. I I, I imagine that being a mother, being embarrassed, still comes up even when you're spiritually attuned. Um, but what 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 happened for you? Listen, we're fifth dimensional beings in 3D bodies. Sometimes it could be very distressing. I wanted my daughter to love me more than her friends love me for Pete's sakes, you know? So, but I get it, I get it. Kids wanna be normal. Yeah. And both of my kids, my son is much more intuitive in that way and more like me. He, he actually uses the deck I gave him. My daughter gets to her intuition backwards, backwards. She has to, because I'm an intuitive. She she kind of is not an intuitive. She's more rational. There's another word for it, logical. Just yeah, to go yeah. by the logic, A, B, C, and D. And then and then God bless her. She'll come to me with a list, pros and cons, you know, and I'll just go into the intuitive part of it. It's like, well, honey, how does that make you feel? <laughs> you know? 
Yeah. Let, let, let's look at how you feel about that. Not not the a, this side or this side, because I could never break the world up that way. And I, and I think the logical part gets in our way. Oh, it definitely does for me. I, I I'm curious about. Uh, and by the way. Those of you listening right now, we are broadcasting this on Facebook and YouTube, and there are lots of comments out there uh, from mothers saying, I was that mom. I hear the same thing. I, I Why isn't there – there should be a course. There should be like a parenting course on, uh, you know, how to, how to deal with my teenage daughter when I'm a psychic uh, or something like that, you know? I mean, they talk about teens getting angsty, but if you add that component into it i can imagine things get a lot weirder um do you think there's a lot of do you think there's a lot of mother shame for intuitive gifts out there listen there's a mother shame for many things okay <laughs> of course because you're the mother okay so god forbid all right so he so even without the psychic and i know our friends on youtube will get this so i i love to dance and i would go out and dance and you know i'd dance and do my dance and my kids little beknownst to me, they named it the Joan, and they started teaching all their friends how to do the Joan. Their PE class, they were doing the Joan. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, you're the first guest I've ever had that has a dance named after them. That is I nifty. I have a dance named after me called the Joan. <clears throat> and my kids do it much better than I do because they're the ones who think they're mimicking me. I try to be more creative. But <laughs> anyway, no, those of us with kids know that kids are your they're your greatest love and your greatest critic and your greatest everything. And um, they could be tough cookies. So but being psychic and being an intuitive has always helped me with my family, though, even because I can intuit and understand the emotions behind it, the feelings, the hurt, or or what it is that compels that. I understood she wanted to have a normal life and feel normal, and I also knew that some of my thoughts. Listen, I talked about UFOs. The poor kids were so trauma. UFOs, you know, I'm so out of the normal of what every one of their friends had to talk about. Oh my God. But, did you did they ever experience anything that might be considered uh I don't know supernatural growing up? No. No, they did not. They did not. But what we did do, they did help me when we were when we had lost everything <clears throat> the first time. We we would come together every night and I had no idea my kids knew how to chant and do the own chant, you know. And we would come together every night and chant and we called ourselves the Miracle Makers Club. Okay, we all came to that name because we needed a miracle to recover our life. And we started masterminding together, me and my two kids. We formed this Miracle Makers Club so we could change our life and make miracles in our life. When I, 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 I have to ask, what, um, out of curiosity, what, what happened the first time? Was there, did you, did you lose... Us, a house or? talking about it i was injured i couldn't practice anymore oh my gosh it changed the direction of my entire life yeah um, being a full-time dynamic chiropractor to really recovering from having lost it all and recreating and doing this other side of me I, and, and the reason i'm curious about that too is because i've heard a theme frequently from the people i've talked to that hitting rock bottom 
is often a huge catalyst for self-change, but more importantly, spiritual change. Sometimes when you hit that bottom point, that's when the guide will come in all of a sudden. Um, I mean, were you already somewhat there before that point? Did this, did something happen that really, I mean, you got this message about the 33 paintings, which is already sort of an interesting anomaly. Um, but I'm curious, what were the major benchmarks in your life of, oh, here's a new chapter of spiritual awakening for myself? You know, Spiritual awakening is such an interesting question. When I look back, I've always been on a spiritual path. When I was 21, I went to LA to live in a spiritual ashram, or I was 25 by then. I had a master's in teaching and in counseling at that time, because I knew I was gifted at counseling people. I, I've been an empath my entire life, and I wanted to be a psychoanalyst. In fact, I could do it without even training. I, I was really good at that part because this is this is my real one of my real gifts to humanity. But so I went and lived in a spiritual community when I was 21. And so and then I went on to become a chiropractor. And the true art of chiropractic is a very spiritual philosophy. People don't know that, especially modern day chiropractors that are very much into heal, um, pain relief and kind of sports injury and pain relief. Well, no, I treated children grandparents, women who wanted to get pregnant. I treated everyone. And my philosophy is the oldest one in the book because it came from the real principle of chiropractic is that if you are not connected with your body, mind, and spirit, if you are not aligned, then you're not going to receive the infinite divine innate intelligence that your body needs to heal. And so the true chiropractic adjustment and now I've learned to do it energetically with my clients. There is a turning on your higher consciousness slash angel slash hybrid slash, you know, higher being self. And it's right up here. And if you adjust it, you can actually turn on your innate intelligence so you can actually communicate and receive your information. And so that's what I used to do all the time. And when I sat in my office every day, and I had a very successful practice, Greg, it was one of the top female um, practices in the country. I'd sit in the office every morning. I started like at 6.30, quarter to seven. So I was there like at six in the morning and I'd be in my office and I would, and I didn't even know about this. I, I just saw myself connecting to an ancient, ancient healer guide, the master of all, diseases and symptoms known to humankind. And he was this master guide healer. And every morning I would feel him and I, I'm so glad you reminded me, he would actually come into me in the meditations. And so when I would work all day long, it really wasn't Dr. Joan. It was, it was, I think, Joan of Angels, if I think about it. It was this, I was in an exalted state. So I could see many, many patients and I would turn and I'd say to all of them, we're turning on your power. We're connecting and people would tell me they could meditate better. They could, um, their consciousness would expand. So it began a long time ago and I'd forgotten about that. So I really love this. Yeah, this is interesting. And I, I also find it kind of compelling that it was a masculine figure that you were channeling it makes me wonder about 
in general, the uh, is something about mixing feminine healing energy with this masculine god. I don't know if it matters or if it doesn't, but I wonder if there's some sort of transmutation that that happens when you channel that kind of healer through your work towards people i mean uh i don't know i i find it strange just because everything's been so angel and joan and female spirituality and we've been talking about mothers but the idea that it started with this clearly you identified as a male makes me wonder what the significance of that is do you think there's any well you know that's so interesting so it was more like I a figure more like a Christ-like figure and, right. and it was my image of a of my male guide healer but you know we are a blend Greg and you know when I say the logical scientific mind and the healer intuitive mind and so I was just channeling that information and my my prayer was that my hands you know, I want to be guided so I can turn on their power that my hands would know what to do to help them step, you know, heal their body. So I was in a prayer, but male, female, that is very, very interesting. I found that male energy was very soothing to my female energy and balanced it. And actually, when we can come into that balance, it is perfection. But we have both sides. Yeah. Yeah, and this is where this is where we got to be careful with the Facebook, the Facebook oh. gods and the YouTube gods out there. No, no, I mean just because people could start going like, "What masculine, feminine polarity, energy? What is all that stuff?" And I know that you know, I know there are a lot of healers out there. One I talked to on the show that says, "Well, work with a lot of this male leader, uh, Rion Kati, uh, if he's out there. He uh, he did a whole thing where he's talking about bringing up." female archetypes or finding the male archetype in the female and, and waking up uh, inner feminine allure and just how there's massive imbalance in general spiritually from the male side and the female side and there is a lot of there is a lot of restoring that kind of energy in the world right now and it seems that when you restore it when you balance the polarities a lot of healing can occur collectively um I'm curious in your experience, I want to hear from a female perspective, what do you think is going on with masculine and feminine energy in the world? Listen, first of all, we have a lot of soul contracts and we have a lot of, of programming about what it is to be a female, what it is to be a male. So all of this has been going on for lifetimes and lifetimes. There's coming to a new balance. You know, there was a time when when the male species controlled the females. We didn't couldn't vote, couldn't own property. Look, the the women over in Afghanistan are terrified now that they're going to be put back into that kind of slavery. So slavery for women as being property has been around a long time. But we're not really talking about that. We're really talking more about how people can step into that divine aspect of them. You know, we're we, in essence, what are the qualities that you really have? And, and we have qualities of both. That there are qualities of both is the best way I can put it. You have that. You have that smile, that compassion, that warmth, that kindness. Well, where is that feminine? Where is that male? You know, some of that's the same. Yeah. No, I have people that in my life that's a greg can you be a little more male please can you can you be decisive about stuff once in your life um yes i hear you 
sisters. Well, that's sisters. an interesting I'll try. thing. Oh, oh, yeah. What do you think about it? What do you think about to, that? <laughs> to be told, well, can you be a little bit more decisive and more, you know, what someone thinks of male with this big muscle, whatever you know, right, right. image. And I would imagine that living up to that image is also hard. There's meant, listen, there are so many stereotypes. I believe in breaking them all. I am who I am. I'm a part of a combination of an angel, of an arc, of a Joan, of a of a feminine, of a masculine. You know, there are times in my life when I ran my practice, I felt like I was running my male energy through me. And I was more assertive, which is supposedly a male quality. Right, right. And yeah. an type behavior. I, I I definitely see a a desire. Uh, for people to expand on on all parts of themselves that they're that's what's interesting about this I in that that's sort of I mean to go back to disclosure um that that's something that I've been sitting on for a long time or, or thinking about that I think disclosure comes from revealing the things that are inside of people that they've just never let out ever uh and that was really the big conclusion of that conference that you know if we're gonna be in contact with extraterrestrials uh specifically i mean alan steinfeld's work with this is is fantastic um that we all have to hold ourselves accountable to opening up parts of ourselves or at least talking to parts of ourselves that we've never been able to speak to before yes yeah Yeah. it's a big challenge i mean where where do where do people start do you think how do people start that process you know greg your listeners are more open to that process okay so the first thing i say is that there's really becoming sort of a, a diversity in, a, in the population. Some people will never start that process. You could probably have an ET standing in front of them, and I'm not sure that they'll compute and accept what they're seeing anymore. I'm actually not sure that they would accept what they see. But you start the process, we all have encoded in our DNA, awakening times, awakening moments, like, you'll meet Greg and do this, or I'll meet Neil and soul and do that. And, and certain, or, or the woman who named me, what a random breakfast that was, but was it random or was it set up by the divine? Because I can't imagine my life without, without the Joan of angels component anymore in it. You see? So we have these moments that are set up awakening moments. Now, sometimes we may not be ready to awaken, but that, that, event planted a little seed and so the next time that occurs with that next person and it's been in a way pre-set up if you are meant to awaken this lifetime spirit will do everything they can to put every experience in your path to wake you up now if you have to hit rock bottom for it so be it you know what i mean um whatever it is that you have to do to wake up they're going to wake you up so you can learn and step into the mission you came here to do. That's actually the most important thing is that you wake up to remember why you're here. What that is a big thing. <laughs> well, I mean, what you said, I, that, that that is an amazing thing. I, I feel bad for the people that don't. I mean, what is, what is the what is your what is your your reframe on that for somebody that 
just well, there's so many people that don't, right? So many people pass away and they just never wake up. And if you're telling me spirit had this agenda and it's like, sorry, you never, we told you to go down this road and you kept going left your entire life. We needed you to make a right turn and you never did. I mean, uh, what, what is the purpose of those people? Juan, we get thousands of lifetimes to do this, okay? Oh, yeah, I forgot about say, that. Like, if I said to you, look, this is my first lifetime and I'm a, I'm an A student here and I'm going to get it. So our lifetimes are very, very challenging. And some of them have more lessons than others and more learning than others. And if you thought about them, but each one has a nugget that, so I, I did this past lifetime work where it came out that I was a Visigoth uh, warrior back in those days of the Visigoths, you know? And and yet I had blonde hair, blue eyes, I was a little boy and all the women adored me because I, you know, I was just cute and flirtatious as a little boy and I hated war. So we got to where we were, you know, in France and destroying all the people. And what did I do? I left the Visigoths and married a French woman and and settled down and had a farm. I hated war, but but I'll tell you this. So I was in this workshop. We had to act out our past life. And so I went in the next day and I wore a, a T-shirt and I had the words on it. Welcome to the new age. You know, the new age Visigoth church, make love, not war, you know, peace. And I realized that, you know, that was like a T-shirt I would have had on, you know, in the 70s and 80s. Make yeah. love, not war, peace. And it was it was such a it really hit me. It was like, oh my God, I lived that life simultaneously in that moment. That was the lesson, you know, that was the lesson that, that I, I actually, in a world that, that the men would throw the women out of their tent in the middle of a snowstorm, you know, they, I wasn't like, I wasn't a barbarian. I chose not to be a barbarian, you know, you know, I, I, How'd you get this past life? Where was it a, was it, did it come through you? Did you have a hypnosis session? Well, the workshop I attended and then it came through me and the pieces of it came through, but, and, and it was also channels and oracles through a a community called Dom and Her, but it was very powerful to me because I saw the lesson for today, you know, and, and you, you know, you said, I, I really follow my heart. I paint, you know, I follow my heart. I have not really worked for anyone else for many, many years because I so believe in what I'm doing and in my art and teaching people, helping. I I love helping people remember why they're here. Now I call, I divide the world into the magical people and the muggles. If you ever read Harry Potter. Oh yes, of course. That makes it very easy for me. And if they're a muggle, they're not gonna, they're gonna think we don't go there. I don't know many muggles in my life. Really? Really? I don't have to. That's, uh, I mean, I, I imagine when you, when you walk through day-to-day life, do you, do you think you have opened people up to the magic? Have you, have you, have you changed any muggles into magic people? So my dear aunt, she died when she was 98 years old, okay? But, you know, she said to my sister one day, she said, you know, Joan, she said, Joan is really not like us. She's different. She actually can see and talk to angels. 
And my aunt, who was a nice Jewish woman and would never say anything like that, said that to my sister. And I think it's really, you know, and she was a muggle all of her life. I mean, it's not like my family would have, not, not, no one in my family really knew what to do with me. Yeah. I'm that weirdo in their family. So I've always <laughs> been that way. And I guess when you're different, you're different. And I celebrate the differences because I think we're all individuals. I think if you're an intuitive and I love helping intuitives get more intuitive, you're different because you're listening to a voice or an energy that comes through you that you actually feel is more relevant and powerful than what your logical mind might show you. Yeah. It's interesting. This, this divide thing, I, I find it as, as I keep doing this show and interviewing people there really is it does feel like there's a strong divide when it comes to religion when it comes to <laughs> what the system has told us is a okay way of talking to spirits i.e judeo-christian uh muslim the you know even buddhism to a certain extent these the mainstream the ones they teach you in school about or or uh religious studies and then you know then you have like well there's pagan stuff too but they lump all the all the good stuff that i'm kind of into into this one sort of category of things that's alt what's interesting is that when you talk to people in the real world about this it's very rare that somebody is going, oh, yeah, yeah, they're into crystals. Yeah, that's, you know, I don't really feel that way, but but I, I approve of it. It's very much like, oh, what I yeah, I don't even delve in that world. They, they are just, it's pseudoscience, <laughs> it's bunk, it's weird. Is there, I mean, I partly, part of my goal in a way I felt is to gracefully say, hey, let's at least open the door here and explore this. But I am curious. I mean, why do you think, why do you think that is? Why is it such a, you're either with us or against us when it comes to this uh, higher consciousness kind of thinking that you've lived and breathed for so much of your life? Well, first of all, when you're not in touch, then it's kind of hard to believe maybe in an angelic figure or even in a UFO or an extraterrestrial. When you don't have that sensitivity to see beyond the 3D limitations. And remember, we live in a 3D world. Some people only see with their five senses. Fortunately, there's magical people who can see with all of their senses, 1,452 of them. Wait, wait, did you make that up? <laughs> I'm going, that sounds very scientific. Wait an infinite amount of, of potential. Right, right, so, right. You know, it, it's another story, Greg. Why, why do some people want to, as a chiropractor, I'll just explain this to you. I've always been into alternative healing. I'm really not into the medical way. And I've always been into this concept of your body can heal itself if you give it everything it needs to do that and turn their power on. But you know, the whole mainstream media was never about alternatives that like they're not about UFOs. They're not about near death. They're not saying, oh, yes, we saw Archangel Michael going down Main Street tonight. Right, right. <laughs> they're not going to say that. Well, and the same thing was true. I discovered about natural medicine versus medical. 
you know, they would not want to talk about all the natural cures and the vitamins and the herbs you could take and the homeopathic remedies and all the other treatments were poo-pooed the same way they do it in our UFO field, you know? So I really learned quickly. And many people believe what they hear, mainstream media. So my patients would come in and I'd say, you know, they're telling me a woman would say, I'm taking estrogen. And I'd say, well, did your doctor tell you to take progesterone with it? And oh, no, no, no. And I said, well, maybe, you know, and I started to quote studies with progesterone and estrogen and estrogen alone would cause, no. So they'd go back and talk to their doctor and the doctor would call me a quack very used to it. That's why becoming Joan of Angels, I guess, wasn't that hard. Yeah, they'd call uh, me a quack and the patient would come in and be very embarrassed. They're still on their estrogen because their doctor, the power person, the authority said, this is what you do. So I've been kind of battling that my entire life. Yeah. And looking and at that, how it frames people. It, what's interesting is that it it kind of speaks to this narrative of uh, I've never really thought about it this way until now, which is kind of interesting. Uh, yeah, this is what always happens: the vibrations, something something you you've woken up an insight into me, which I love, which is that that whole idea of people are afraid of uh, what is that that whole quote of how much power people are afraid of how much power that they do have. Powerful beyond belief. Um, yes. Do people not believe in themselves so much that they could have these cosmic experiences? The first step, it, this is why you see this happen all the time. You see this in self-development that people, first they have to go, well, am I doing the thing that I want to be doing? Am I the person that I want to be doing or, that, or am I not? And then you see these leaders step into their power, start living a higher life and they start teaching other people to do it and i mean there is no question to me that there are people at the top of this self-development field that absolutely are talking about the spiritual stuff and experience this stuff and just aren't doing it publicly there's no way because at a certain point you want to know how much power you have and and i don't mean power in that kind of patriarchal sense i want to know of how powerful of a being you are and it is kind of sad i think the muggle response is this kind of internalized yeah well i've been told that wealth i've been told that having a family i've been told that this is what the greatest of myself is and they're missing the spiritual piece and they're missing the 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 piece that is self-created in a way that the creation, the creation power, the thing they did, the thing you do when you draw an angel, that thing, that divine inspiration, people don't face that a lot. And uh, I'm wondering, um, well, first of all, what are your thoughts on that? Well, I'm not even sure exactly what the question is. <laughs> I guess my question is, do you think people are afraid of how powerful beyond measure they are? And is oh, that the reason why they're more muggles than magical people? Well, I suppose there is a sort of a self-imposed, quote, humility on people, you know, that you, that or a cap. We live in a world of limitations. So... Yeah limitations putting being put on us by the outside world and expectations etc but you know the truth is 
Greg, that we are really powerful and we are afraid because when you take that off and you reveal who you really are, you can move mountains and moving mountains is really exciting, but it's also scary because we were brought up in a world of limitations. So even for me, as I'm coming out more and more and more, I realize that sometimes, oh my God, I'm facing that fear I've had of coming out, of being seen and, and showing who I am and my truth. And, that, and, and once you cross into that, like, you know, like I am Joan of Angels. I don't know what I did the other day, but I claimed it. It was like, well, I'm Joan of Angels. It's going to happen. And I, and I, you know, it was that power and authority of claiming my light and my brilliance. Do you still, do you think you're there? Are you there all the way? Could someone still be, could someone on this chat right now go, Joan of Angels, what is this lady doing? Why does she call herself that? Or do you, do you, are you, are you, uh, yeah, where are you, uh, how is it settled with you? Oh my God. So last year during the pandemic, I went through a little wavering in my consciousness and I went through a little, I don't know, it was tough. You know, it wasn't really on a 3D level, a great life last year for people. And I started to kind of go in a funk. And I, at the same time I was telling people, you know, I'm the only Joan of Angels on the planet. So I went into meditation and I heard my guides, and my guides are really clear with me. They were laughing. They were laughing at me. They, and they weren't laughing, actually. They were very serious. They were ex telling me that either that I came in with a mission. And if, if I didn't do it, then I would not be the only Joan of Angels on the planet. Because there are thousands of people that have been called. It's about how many people say yes. So if I couldn't say yes, let it go and move on. There'll be someone else who could do that. And as I heard that, Greg, I real and this is for everyone. It's like it's like we all came in encoded with things that we're good at that we should we could do that help other people, you know, in that service to other self and that all have to do with us believing in ourselves. And it's very selfish of us to not. Anyway, I had that wake up call. And that was a year ago. Haven't had to have that wake up call again because I stepped up and I go, yeah, they people need me. They need to believe in miracles. They need to believe that they can um, have a better life now, that they can connect to spirit and see the big picture. We need that now. This is a frightening time in humanity. Yeah, I know you talk a lot about uh, moving into the 5D. Uh, how does how does that fit into all this? Well, let's just say this on the 5D dimension, you are in connection with your guides, your body is in perfect health, you can use your mind to travel, you can receive all the answers to everything you want on the planet, you can so the way you would manifest it here, when you're in a 5D experience is that you think about what you who you want to see, and suddenly you walk in the market and there they are, you or the person you've been wanting to call or the money that you need or the the connections or the parking spot there's a time when you're in that flow that's sort of otherworldly interesting and do you think that what i mean i've never understood this idea of 
why when did everybody decide that the 5d when when did someone decide you know what it's time for them all to wake up because and, and this is what i'm curious about too you said you've been doing this since you were in your 20s and there has always been this i mean we all seen the musical hair we've all seen it we've all we all know that this age of aquarius has been talked about for years and then you get to Dolores Cannon stuff, and we're talking about the harvest, and we're talking. There's always been this movement towards some kind of awakening, and and I know that you've definitely been a part of it firsthand. What is cluing you in to the fact that something different is happening right now? Well, first of all, for the first time, we have a mass something going around the planet, and what is and it's impacting everyone. So we've never had this kind of mass pandemic where we all kind of know what's going on. So that's kind of initiated part of this great, what it will come out to be the great awakening with a lot of chaos on the way, but we've never had a time where everyone shut down and, and can't travel or, or, or need to wear masks or be hidden. We were not like that. Our society never, ever, ever had to go through that. Yes, we had the flu in, in the 1900s and, and there have been short periods, but not like this where the whole planet has been affected simultaneously. So also many people are waking up and they're waking up to the lies that are being revealed every single day. And it's very obvious. So it's a wonderful time for people who want to clue in with their intuitive self to say, you know, they're saying this, say in the media, but my little detector, I call it my SHIT detector, knows that that doesn't ring true because I know A, B, C, and D. You know, it's like little things. When, when Fukushima happened, I said to my friends, oh my God, this will radiation everywhere they're never going to be able to contain it my friend who's a logical man said to me oh joan every they've said that they've contained it and it's like i just had a laugh i don't believe what i'm told i guess anyway but you dig deeper so so we can all dig deeper you know whatever news you're listening to or not listening to or reading use your filter and that is what i talked about last weekend it was the closest i could get when i talk about discernment yeah. use your intuitive mind to evaluate what's going on because we're in the craziest of times there's no rules well the outside rules change every day you have masks no masks whatever passports no passports but this can't change in here this has to learn to be a super intuitive ninja warrior. That's why I, I use those words, intuitive, super powered, intuitive ninja, because you have, to, you have to bring up these skills to master them so you can walk in this crazy world, which is very different than it was two years ago, and, and kind of trust yourself. Yeah. Let me ask you something. Let me go back to- or female. Right, right, of course, of course. Well, I, I want to ask you something about the chiropractor era. I mean, if you were doing this work, were you – how many sessions did you have to do back in the day if you were doing this spiritual alignment? Because, I mean, I think often the thing about chiropractors is that 
they sign you up for multiple sessions. That's the whole thing about that's the I, my dad once warned me about going to chiropractors because he goes, guess what? You're going to go once and they're going to want you to come back. And I'm going, yeah, but if you were really healing people and what we know about the mind and the body and and what people have done with Reiki and stuff like that, you know, wouldn't you just be able to just get it in one or at least two sessions and then, you know, you've woken and you've woken them up spiritually. I mean, I'm curious what your relationship is to uh, how you were working with people to get perhaps rapid change. I told you about my guide, my healer guide. And I used to really, okay, Greg, to tell you the truth, I considered myself a failure that people had to come back. Okay. Like if I couldn't heal them and there were many times people would be carried in that would literally walk out standing. Oh yeah. They'd walk out, right. They carried in, walked out on their feet, but, and that would happen. But other healing doesn't. Sometimes I'd have to work with people to actually see if you've had a condition forever, you're used to it. It's almost like, do you really want to take it off? You know, maybe that condition got you all sorts of goodies. You know, people take care of you or so it's a whole mind thing also. But here's the difference. You either come in for pain relief, like taking your chiropractor as an aspirin. Okay, so I'm going to go in for my aspirin today and pay the chiropractor for that pain relief, or I'm going to look at how can I correct my problem or my condition to stabilize and strengthen my body. Americans are not taught about wellness care, preventive wellness. We only know about relief care. That's all they talk about. Yes. They can barely cure anything and they don't cure your cancer. They don't cure you of anything. They keep you on a medication forever. So cure is interesting. You don't know what cure is. No one's ever talked to us about how to cure your body from the inside out. Like, what would it be if your body functioned well, your digestion, your heart, your lungs, your happiness? That's when we're a body, mind, and spine. You know, that's when we're like that body, mind, and spirit connection. Yeah. You're reading some comments. uh, No, I am. I'm I'm looking at some comments right now. (laughs) I never I didn't get on the YouTube, so I don't have it. I'll have to. No, no. I mean, we we have some people. Uh, my my friend Jerome is asking, "Do we see what we can't see?" I think he's referring to the five D. Yeah, that's it. That is a good question. I think I kind of know what Jerome is getting at, which is, do you think that part of that, the five D awakening, is people being able to, hmm, trust that they can see things that they can't normally see in conscious life? Well, it's part, it's, first of all, you have to be able to receive information and then you have to evaluate it. Do I even want to open up to the 5D? I mean, what what even, you know, people talk about it as a great thing, but tell me, what's the pitch right now? If you were going to say, yes, you definitely want to go in the 5D, come with us. What, what, what am I going to get? What's the benefit? What's the, uh, do you know, what are the perks? Okay. I learned about the 5D from Graham Hancock, the archaeologist. Okay. You know yes. who he is? Oh, of course. Okay. Yeah. I heard him talk about ayahuasca. And he said that what ayahuasca did is it proved the existence of another dimension. Because all the primitive people around the world and all have the same art forms 
all around the world. If you go on the caves, you know, the same primitive art forms and the same dragons, the same snakes, the same. And that could have only happened, he said, if there was a consciousness and a dimension that everyone was able to go to. Now, they granted they went on plant medicine, but there was an actual real place that was another dimension. The benefits of experiencing out of your 3D world is that you have more possibilities, unlimited potential, an ability to receive information that could be life-changing, more synchronicities, more of a feeling of magic happening, you know, snap your fingers and, you know? Yeah. Are you there? Are you there already? I'm there at times. Do we do we all have to uh, work with you to to? I mean, yeah, that, that's what is what that's what's interesting about it. I wonder. What a question. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I wonder what what it's going to take for all of us to to get Joan of Angels staying in the five D permanently. So that could be the name of my next class. So I I have a class now that I teach people how to. First of all, how to how to uh, break down your skills as an intuitive? What are your skills? Are you clairvoyant, clairaudient, clairsentient, uh, clairknowing, all the clairs and empathic? How how does that work? How do you access it? I make you pay attention to what you're doing so we could develop it so that you can get to this point, Greg, where you have a feeling. You maybe you get a download from from your guides or from an ET. I don't know. Maybe you hear something. But then you go and you go, I want to do that. And then and then usually the logical mind says, no, you can't and gives you all those reasons. But the, the key here is, is how do you learn to access what's really the right path for you, your next steps and to stop questioning it and to really feel confident in your ability to to know what you're being told. Like if there's danger to run to if, the, if this is does, does this make sense to you? Yes, yes, though I think it's, uh, well, I, I, hmm. How do you make decisions? It does make sense. It does make sense. I'm thinking about it from a higher level in terms of, I was thinking things from a meta level, which is, do people, if people were to take this class, is it usually the people that find you, Joan, is it people that already have something and they don't know what to do with it? Or could a muggle who's listening to this right now that might be spiritually curious go, yeah, you know what? Okay, let, let's see if I really have these abilities. I mean, what what are you what are you attracting? Okay, so I want you to know something. The very name Joan of Angels already screens out a whole segment of the population that would never even want to hear me or see me. It's a filter. I didn't realize yeah. that it really is. But you know, yes, so it, I would say that that muggle has a, that chip in his DNA or her DNA, which was encoded to maybe turn it on this YouTube channel at the right time, the right place, that all of a sudden has like oh, an aha awakening moment and registers truth and then maybe wants to pursue that. Yeah. In your class, right. which, by the way, we're, we're linking to here in the you, you can check it out in the comments. Um, I'm curious, what is what what is the value proposition? Uh, if people take this class, I mean, are they how deep into these abilities are you able to work with them? 
So it's an online class and it's seven videos. However, and, and I have a YouTube group, the ultimate intuition, the ultimate intuitive. Anyway, oh, yeah. it's all ultimate intuition. And probably starting also, I'll be doing once a month check-ins where I do lives, where I teach people how to start to listen to each other. And then I'll be doing more advanced classes. But how does it work? The class is fantastic. And it comes with a great manual. It's something like 40 pages of, of cluing in with your intuition, how to get it to work for you, I, a workbook. So the workbook is really critical because how do you know if you're listening to your intuition or not? You have to keep track. Yeah. You have to especially keep track of all your failures. And what is a failure? A failure is a prompting that says, uh, turn left and you don't, you go, no, it's faster to go right. And then you find yourself in three hours of traffic. You go, wow, why didn't I listen to myself? Yeah. You knew I should have gone left. Uh, and then you're you really clear, you go, I knew I should have gone left. Uh, yeah. Hey, yes, yes. No, of course, of course. And I, I, I could see how, that having that well is discernment part of this because i know that's i wonder sometimes if people get lost with this stuff i mean i don't know if you would have told your 20 something self something different i mean i am talking to joan of angels right now though though you could have very easily continued down this ashram path and i mean who knows i, I could see you either accidentally joining a cult or maybe have escaped escaped one um, oh my god I, <laughs> which Yes, I wait, did, did escape one. Wait, did you? Okay, there, That's there it the is. That's the next time we talk. It's That's coming in right now. Time. No, of course, but but yeah, I think that is the danger, right? There are a lot of people, especially when you told me about going to Los Angeles. I mean, there's so many people out there that are now saying they're intuitive. They're now charging people to waken up their senses, uh, to wake wake them up. Uh, you know, as someone that's an expert in discernment, what do you tell those people? How how can they sort between people with good intentions versus people that are actually trying to raise all of us up collectively? So, of course, that's where your intuition and discernment comes from. It's a heart feeling. You either have the feeling like this is someone, oh, my God, I want to work with her. It, it moves my heart. I feel a resonance with what she's saying. I could relate. I could trust her like I did a oh I did an interview with Lori Spagna the other day I don't know if you know her she's amazing she's on a lot of Neil's things and she said to me that I created a very safe container I did an interview with her on the disclosure conference she said I, I created such a safe container for her that she was able to be her she was able to reveal things and channel in public deeper than she had because of that and so I'd say, you know, if you want help on this planet, you go where you feel like you're going to be nurtured and helped. You know, who's going to create that container for you to give you what it is you need? Really is a soul recognition, Greg. And, and have I been taken advantage of the last few years? Of course, I, I have a big heart. <laughs> I believe the best in everyone. And it's been a big lesson for me to learn to say no, you yeah. know, to learn to trust my intuition because I didn't believe in myself either. 
you know, and, and even some days today I'll hear, go to the market, you need to go and I won't go, you know, or like things that I notice that I won't do, even if I hear it, because I'm not in the mood to do it. And it always backfires on me. Always. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, uh... look out. No, I mean it's uh, it makes me think of all the for all the pro- podcast promotion scammers out there that are messaging me in my DMs. Uh, hey, Greg, I'm gonna promote your podcast and get you out there. Uh, you know what? My heart is telling me I don't trust you at all. Can you be a little more nurturing? A little bit like tap it, tap into that mother figure. If you, yeah, if you want to start a great, a successful podcast scamming, just channel mother nature. You'll be fantastic. We'll all fall prey to you. Um, no, I mean, look, it's, I, I do think there is a, there is something about you that is attractive in the sense of, uh, there is a lightness, Joan of Angels. There definitely is. There's the artistic side of things. Um, you know, is that, do you do you think that in a way we all are capable of painting those 33 angels should we you can try it um, <laughs> what, I, what, yeah what did I it do for you ultimately my eyes i'm not an artist okay just you know i'm really not an artist wait how is that possible <laughs> i'm not an artist i i used to look at my work and be mortified and think oh my god so primitive so primitive oh my god when am i going to learn how to do eyes or faces and i would like tear my hair out and then i'd compare myself to the great oh my god i, I once sent a letter to I'm not a very famous musician that i knew pretty well and he said I'm not going to carry your art. Your art's way too primitive. Look at all these fantastic artists like Alex Gray and all these people. And I died. So I just want you to know that I don't know why I told you all that. I closed my eyes and my guides told me I'm their paintbrush. And so the way I paint the best is when my mind is put away or my mind's on something else and I've meditated and the guides come through me to paint. We all have abilities at different times for different things. You know, good to see what you're good at. My mom told me I'd never be an artist, but here I am. Yeah. Do you, do you, so you, why do you still hold on to this idea that you're not an artist? Is that just (laughs) something you say to people? Well, no, sometimes I'll start, like I'll have a canvas and I'll go, Oh my God, what am I going to paint? Oh my God. And then anyway, so really the only way for me to paint is to just be really loose and relaxed and let it happen. And then slowly but surely the whole thing comes through. And and that's how I paint. Yeah, when I yeah. do commissions for people, because I do paint on commission, I'll have two paintings going at the same time. And that's because the second paintings for my anxiety that I may not be getting it right on the first painting, right? <laughs> when you're so, painting, are the angels guiding you? Do you feel still? Well, they are, but I still feel I'm a human. Yeah. Yeah, I can go into bliss for hours. I could go in my studio and paint for hours and not even know where I am and, and time will go. But I do, I'm sharing with you, I do have that little, little angst as a human. Yeah, and, and uh, it took me a while as a painter too. If a lady came up to you in a diner and said, "Hey, you're Joan the artist, and Joan of Angels, 
Would that change everything? Of course, yes. I'd say, oh, yes, you saw it all blasted across the planet. <laughs> Why do we need these ladies in diners to uh, proclaim you these things? Well, look, I mean, I, I guess I'm uh, I'm curious where you're going because Joan of Angels is such a, like I said at the beginning, it's such a lofty title. But I wonder, I mean, are you going to be, are you going to fly next? Um, are you going to, you know, I mean, wh wh where does the ascension go? Do you have any ideas? Okay, I'm going to tell you my deepest dreams, Okay. So I'm honored when I was 30, I had a vision, an angel kind of brought me in front of the Coliseum and she went like this and together we healed millions of people. They dropped their crutches, their wheelchairs, um, they could stand up and be in the light and they were just parading in front of them. And ever since then, Greg, that's been my heart's desire that I can heal and inspire uplift and raise the vibrational frequency <clears throat> of every person on the planet and that is including the muggles okay but yeah so that's and i know i made that agreement and i've been told that i saw myself on a ship one day <clears throat> and that's what i was doing i was raising the vibrational frequency of every person on the ship and and then i knew i was to do it i said seven billion people it's going to take a long time and then they sent me helpers so that's my mission, you know, and so yeah, right now people are finding me more. And it's really an exciting period because I'm being on out in more events and speaking and having, you know, more people wanting to awaken. I do these soul awakening sessions and my intuitive classes so people want to know more. And I feel like I have a voice and a message for humanity to step into their miraculous life, step into your beauty of you turn on that light because we all need each we need you yeah like we need greg to do greg yeah well it comes back to this idea of uh, I, I just wonder how many people we're going to encounter in this lifetime that never that never did it that never went all the way that that are denying themselves the thing that's the thing that kills me the most about it it's how many people are denying themselves the thing that they really really i see it all the time the thing they really want to be doing that is as that to me can be heartbreaking and i know i'll get over it i'll surrender it but i, I just ah uh, I, I feel inspired to call people to be the highest version of themselves. How about you? The, 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 well, that's my work. That's what I do. My soul awakening sessions, my intuitive classes, all about helping you be the best you can be to do what you came here to do and to be happy, you know, to, to feel that sense of fulfillment that happens when we do our purpose. And I will say this, that there is a bifurcation that I've been reading about those people who are not willing to wake up and these people who are. And so if you're on that path of awakening, you know, it's your mission to keep awakening, keep doing you, keep learning how to do you better and raise the vibrational frequency so high that this other group starts to also move forward because the vibrations now have been cleared 
And so we are those way showers. We are those leaders, those way showers. We clear the frequency so that all those little muggles can come up behind us. <laughs> yeah, I love it. I love it. Okay, look, you know what? To, to sort of, I have to go into this. I need to talk <laughs> about the angels. Do you, do they have names? Do you know all 33? Are there some you're closer to than others? What is up with, because this is something that confuses me a lot with people that talk about guides. It seems so vague. I'm going, yeah, but there are as many guides as there are meetup groups in New York City. Um, they're, they're guides that are into volleyball. They're guides here. They're people that talk about extraterrestrial guides. They're all sorts of guides. Um, what when you say guides who are you who are you speaking with on a normal basis or who's speaking through you can you clarify that a little bit um so i have a collective that i work with i have a spiritual team that helps me when i'm doing healings or readings or teachings i have higher energies that are calling me recently to come in and connect with them and receive information. I don't have names on my guides. I just have that feeling that comes through me that I, I know that's not my voice or I'll see things. I know that I didn't, you know, it's like too random for me to figure out on my own. Right. So they'll, and I'm pretty good at that. I'm pretty good at that. And that's one of my, my heartfelt things that I love to do. So there's a, yeah, you know what? I've heard this. I've always, it's so interesting. I, I'm curious what your thoughts are because I've heard various different people say that they talk to uh, the, the, oh gosh, I forget. I mean, it's like the Galactic Eight or, uh, I mean, we hear it all the time, right? You've got Bashar, you've got uh, groups of people, the collective, that, I mean, everybody's got different terms for their council, this council. Um, is it all coming from the same place or are, are your particular, your group, from some different area in this ethereal uh, celestial plane. I don't know. I just want to know how expansive this plane is and, and why are they being represented to you in this particular way? Okay, I'm just going to tell you that I cannot comprehend our plane anymore. I am lost as to where we are, Earth, honestly, or this rock. I have actually gotten lost recently in where we could possibly be that's probably the best i could say on that really um, do you walk yes. do you walk in other planes do you actually is your do you experience i mean does turning left up there look different than turning left down here well sometimes i'll see you know so greg sometimes i'll see things i i could be sitting somewhere and it'll disappear and be in a whole different environment like your room is purple to me right now but i'm sure it's the light um so i'll see that but other than you know when i said that it's like you know recently people have been talking about flat earth and the dome over the earth and and all that stuff and and although i don't even know what i believe anymore i believe that what i believed isn't quite what is true either and that there's something more going on than I even know. 
people's guides can come from all places. First of all, Greg, people have their departed loved ones as guides. They have their ancestors as guides. They all have a guardian angel, at least one, and they have spirit guides, helper guides, a team. Okay, to be human on this planet, believe it or not, we're so important. We actually have a whole team of energies and guides that are here to help us. That's how important each of our souls are, okay? So we all have our own individual team, as well as all the archangels, ascended masters, and the highest beings of light, and the masters, and the Christ-like figures. You know, there's just so many, and the extraterrestrials. So I think people can have their own guides. Mine have not given me their name. Right. Interesting. Oh, I don't that, have that, that, name. Yeah. I didn't even have my name. I had to be given the name Joan of Angels because I couldn't hear it. Now, I'll hear it for other people, but I, I may not hear it for myself. And I'm okay about it. My guides are really good guides. They've been very helpful for me. They have saved my life a thousand times. How so? Just at the right time, the right place, pushed me in a different direction. Um, my guides are the ones who really got me on coast to coast a couple of years ago because I made that call to the producer just the right time when my guides told me to do it. They said, don't do it now. Do it now. Like, honestly, to goodness. So they've really been very My guides told me to go to chiropractic school when I was 21 or something, 30, whatever. How does it show up? Is it do you hear a voice? Do you see a person? What it what is what is your experience of your guides? Well, my best experiences are when I hear a voice, and the voice will actually tell me, "Go to chiropractic school," okay, just like that. So I'll hear a voice often, and I and I very specific. It's always on this side, but not always. Um, once I had a patient who I had to tell his wife that, that she had to let him die. It's but there were a thousand angels in the room and I was a chiropractor then I'd never seen angels but I knew they were angels because there was like all this fluttering around my head and they said to me you have to tell her that it's time to let him go so that was a feeling with all this fluttering okay so that that's a different kind of sense one day I was lying at my sister's outside she lived on the beach and beautiful deck and no one was out there but me and there's a moon and some clouds and I'm lying on the deck just it was so wonderful to be outside like that and suddenly I felt something go like this so I opened my eyes <laughs> and I look up and about 20 feet above I don't know 10 or 20 feet above is this cloud that looks just like Archangel Michael had the most beautiful eyes and lips and it's like 20 feet away or something and i knew that that somehow that touch had come from that being and do you believe that everybody if if they take your if they go through this uh course of yours waking awakening up this intuitive ninja warrior uh are people more likely to be in contact with their guides or do you even need that i mean what do, what do you think if somebody is listening to this and going yeah you know what i i'm ready i'm ready to reach out 
I'm ready to be reached out to. Uh, what are some of the best ways to jumpstart that process? So this is a, well, I was going to say, this is a jumpstarting class. It's kind of like intuitive 101 for advanced people, people who are ready, like know that there's more than just what they're seeing here. So you have to be ready to take that class. You have to be ready to sort of say, you know what? I want to really be able to trust what I'm hearing. Trust the messages I'm receiving, trust the guidance, and I need to be able to make snap decisions based upon them. Okay, that's right. huge. Okay, that's huge. That's level one. Now, what could happen when you start to get into that mind space? What will happen is that you'll get more messages and you may be guided in a deeper way. That's, that's what I can say. And occasionally I do this, this um, in-person event or online where I teach you how to feel the presence of your guides and your angels. And that's also a lush class and I will be probably presenting that soon. Yeah. I'll tell you about it when I'm doing it, Greg, we can do a whole thing on it. I bet that's very interesting. I, I wonder is, uh, <laughs> I mean, this is just the cynic in me going, oh my gosh, you know, after a year of the pandemic and, and some people not being able to go out on dates and being locked up, but do some people just need physical touch? Do they need an angel just to have intimacy all over again? Um, that is, would you say that's a bad reason to take your class because you just want to be touched and you're no, you know, not dating and or near Joe Biden? Like, is that, you know, what, it, what do you... <laughs> <laughs> that that's what I'm wondering. I mean, what are, what are your thoughts there? My class is best if you want to be able to look at the the world from above down and see how crazy it is. Okay. Yeah. What that now? People have been talking about this a lot recently. This idea that once you realize that this reality is as crazy as it is, um, and also as fluid as it is because that's the other piece of this too that's interesting it's not only that there that there's there's these agendas and that we've been uh conditioned to live in a world that isn't really heart-centered but also that we don't realize how responsible we are for shaping our own perceptions and experience of reality so when you have those two things this sense that reality is not as it seems to be because somebody else is feeding us belief systems but then you also have this awareness that you can morph it and that it's it's fluid i mean i had someone on my show recently talk about this that could really mess people up i mean that could really mess you up those two forces I'm not living a path that's really heart-centered, and I can shift everything, and it's nothing stable. Um, how do you how do you co coach people out of a psychotic break? Can you? I don't know if that's a psychotic break. I think that's an <laughs> can you get well? Well, that it's great that you feel that way, but I think some people would look at those realities and be like, "Well, crap! I don't even know what to do. I don't even know what's real and what isn't." Well, that's why having an intuitive like me on your side is the best thing I could tell you. Just, you know, because it is crazy making. And, and honestly, what I said before, it's hard to know what's really going on in the outside world today. It's, Let me ask you this. What is real right now? 
Well, you and I are on some kind of magic device that allows <laughs> us to be broadcast around the world globally, talking about things that are here to heal and inspire and uplift people. That's real. You're, I'm not, I mean, this is as real as we're going to get. I'm not going outside. We're, we're talking about what we believe, how we see the world. And to me, that's more valid in a way. Or, or even how we respond to the world by feeling empowered and in charge and, and able to manage. So that is how I do it. That's yeah. how I to do it. Do you think there's something to be said about the way the heart interacts with reality versus the head? If pe <laughs> people tuning more into their heart as a means of and I'm not, I'm not even sure. Look, now I'm going, well, who even cares what's real and what isn't? Because, uh, you know, you're just going to have to wake up and get out of bed anyways. You can lay in bed all day and go, is this real? Am I actually here? But then you actually have to do something. Um, right. So, you know, I mean, I guess I should ask you this. What do you think are some of the most important questions people should be asking themselves about their reality? Well... You know, if we look at the big picture, honestly, and where we are today, you have to look at how do I feel about what is what's going on? Okay. Um, how do I feel about? So I, I guess what I would say is following. It's too much to look at the whole big world. All right. Because honestly, we're not here to talk about that. I'm not happy with certain directions that are happening. I'm, I'm for medical freedom. I'm for personal freedom. I, I was born saying no, <laughs> you know, show me. Right, right. So, so on that particular physical level, I'm, I'm disconcerted by what I see and angry. On a personal level, I see more people waking up. I see more people looking to find the answers and going, well, you know, Joan, that didn't make sense to me what I heard the other day. What does that really mean? And they're starting to actually wake up more now, maybe they're not ready to say ETs exist, or I saw an extraterrestrial in my living room having dinner with me, but they're ready to go, something's happening in the world that I don't quite believe either. So waking up is happening on many levels, but I believe more people are waking up. And they're waking up to the fact that we are more powerful than we believed, that we have more gifts, we have more special gifts. I know anyone listening to this broadcast or anyone who's been following you, Greg, or on any of the uh, ET shows, the UFO stuff, you already know that there's more here than, than meets the eye. You already know that there's something far beyond what you're being told. And so that's what I'm going to say. Let's explore the great beyond, because what is beyond is exciting. And, and it's life-changing. Life-changing. Yeah. yeah. And... and and if I change my life and I raise my light, then we know that people around me are going to be impacted by that positively. Yeah. Well, look, you know, before we go, and it's great, I, I, I do think one of the best ways people can do that is just start to play around. I mean, that is true. That that And that's what's great. You know what I'm going to, uh, for everybody, definitely should check this out. And we're going to link in the show notes as well, um, your course. Um, I, I think something that is very important is actively holding yourself to the test 
of your abilities. Don't just sit there and go, nah, I'm not intuitive, nah, I don't know what this is. Really, you know, when you go through a course like what you're offering in a workbook to develop these skills, uh, you might surprise that that's the interesting thing. I think people often surprise themselves. Um, th that's the theme of everything. I had no idea I was going to be doing this with my life. I had no idea that I was going to be painting these pictures. I mean, that that pursuit of what's surprising yourself, I think, is something that is also part of this 5D awakening, this calling yourself to be more curious about possibilities. Uh, I think a course like course like yours does help that as well as all the work you're doing. It does. It gives you a handle on who you are, why you're here, how to manage, how to you know make the right decisions for yourself, how to trust yourself, um, align your body, mind, and spirit, clear your energy, clear your home. Actually, a lot of lot of um, tools in there went into helping you actually into it, creating your sacred space, your sacred energy, so that you can get into that mindset. Were these tools that what's what's in this course? Was these things that you discovered after many years are sort of the fundamental building blocks, or did this course come? Did the guide say, "Hey, put out this course. Here are the seven lessons." Boom. Uh, how how did it how did it come about? that's how it came out <laughs> really the guides the guides said hey you gotta you gotta put this together for people yeah yeah and so i i did a live yeah they they totally run the whole show so in fact i don't always know what i'm gonna say at all i may have the first sentence and that's about it and often most of my teachings are channeled teachings and you know i, I work on opening up my consciousness to really be a pure channel what the guides want us to know. I could never have made, come up with any of the techniques that I had. And it's so funny because I, I am such a great teacher. I have tools and teachings that I don't remember half of them because I, I didn't make them up. They gave them to me and they're just very powerful. Yeah. And like when I wrote my book, I, I wouldn't read any other books on miracles or anything because I didn't want to be influenced by it. So the whole book was really channeled. All the processes that I give are all channeled. I didn't know them. Yeah. You no, know, I have a degree in counseling. It's not like I really knew them. They were just like given to me. Yeah. Uh, I, I, it's interesting that sometimes the gifts catch up with the the language of what the gift is after the fact you don't even yes. you don't even know it's uh you walk one day and someone says hey you're joan of angels and then boom it's it's suddenly it has a form um which yeah if you're listening what are you what are you what are you waiting for you need to go to some more diners talk to people they're gonna see something you you didn't even see in yourself um i mean really it's uh it's yeah, I think there is something you're tapping into, and it's a lot more as as high and a, again as as celestial as it is. It's also you know your gifts, your talents, what your heart wants to do. This is all the more the deeper I go into this, the more I realize how much it comes down to um, self and an authentic sense of self. Right. right, and I have a new show on YouTube called Step Into the Miraculous, which is my favorite show now because. Everything I do is about stepping into miracles or the miraculous. So, which is being your extraordinary self. 
gives yeah. you that miraculous feeling. Yeah. Awesome. Well, look, speaking of miraculous feelings, I have to ask you this before you go. One of the most recent episodes you did on your YouTube channel, I think this is on your YouTube channel, was talking about 420. We're oh, talking yes. about okay. getting high. We're talking about getting baked here. We're talking about maybe. I've seen the wrong show. <laughs> <laughs> okay, maybe I'm not. Maybe I'm not. Well, actually, well, here's what I'm wondering. 420, getting high, miraculous, miracles. What do you think is the role of okay. cannabis in all this? All right, so I want to tell all your audience, come and check out my YouTube channel. It's Joan of Angels, so you can find it. And uh, I have some great videos on that please and i'm yeah, gonna we'll put your link tree out there for people as well because okay, there's a lot I'm there i'm trying to grow my youtube channel not trying it has grown it's grown 100 people this month i'm so happy um okay so what am i answering at this moment we're talking about the role of cannabis because this oh, is yes. controversial yes. i think i think some people oh, really is. think that it has no role in spirituality or at least it's a it's a faux version of tapping in. And I've had people on both sides. People say, yeah, it's great for a little bit. It's it's well, it's okay. But but I'm curious what your take is on it, being someone that communicates with the angels. What are the angels saying about pot? Well, the spirit guides of cannabis told me to start my show. They told me to paint the cannabis angels and to listen to some of their messages. Why? Because I do believe that the plants, plant medicine, cannabis, and some of the other plants psychedelic plants are gifts from the gods from the extraterrestrial star beings that came down here as their way to help humanity being able to expand their consciousness and learn how to use the plants and use the world around them and so to me cannabis is a miracle plant because it heals your body and it and it can heal your mind and soul it can open the gates of consciousness so you can explore. It's an easier way for many people. Not everyone, even through meditation, can do that. So it's an easier way. But also, like on the show, I have great teachers of how to use cannabis spiritually to raise your consciousness and for healing. So last week I had uh, my friend Ruth on. She's a nurse. We talked all about CBD and how to use it. She was so funny. She's this older woman and she's here with a whole array of, 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 of ways to use marijuana. That's all I could say. Okay. She surprised me. She even had the vape pens. She brought all sorts of things. <laughs> okay. I was so surprised. Right. It was really cute. So I have been, and as a chiropractor, I've been really intrigued by the understanding that the perfect adjunct to me as a healer, as a chiropractor would be THC and CBD for healing because they actually provide tremendous pain relief, relief of inflammation. They don't cause side effects. They, you know, it's an interesting people take ca a cannabis for pain and then their headaches go away. Their nervous system calms down there. They have other changes. Their digestion improves. So the side effects. So it was pretty revolutionary for me to do the show. Yeah. And I call it Fortunate Living because it's it's a living in a lifestyle that helps you connect to the flow, heal your body and your mind. So you really you you see the power of it. I mean, look, I I I definitely think it's uh it makes people feel good. 
It makes people laugh. It takes them to a temporary uh, high vibrational state. In a way, I wonder, though, if... Sometimes I think, okay, look, if you're going to do this thing, like, look at the look at the return on investment. There are a lot of people out there who are smoking pot and sitting on the couch playing video games all day and doing nothing. Are they – is it because they're muggles? I mean, what is <laughs> – what, what, why – could you argue that spiritual at any capacity? I mean, what, what is your take on this? My dear new friend, Greg. Okay, there's a lot of people sitting there on Sundays drinking beer till they're drunk, watching football. Yeah. Drugged out of their mind and not present. So you're talking about people who are just using it recreational to be not present. I'm actually talking about using it to heal your body, medicinally, to heal cancers, to heal seizures, to heal Parkinson's disease, right. to heal right. low back problems, to replace opiates to replace some of those harmful cancer drugs. I mean, I'm only talking about things that can actually help heal your body and, and expand your consciousness. Does that mean that I know people take it recreationally? Heck, I took it recreationally. And you know, there's still people that may be doing it for consciousness that come home from a tough day and say, I just need to smoke and relax and let my mind go. So it's a way yeah. of just relaxing your consciousness and your brain also. Is there such thing as conscious alcoholism? Ah, what a question. What can, an interesting question. Can it be done? You never hear anyone talk about that. Never hear anybody talk about wine as some way of a portal to ascension. Uh, you know, because I mean, yeah. Here's the truth. You can get nice and high on wine. I used to love good wine. I mean, expensively good wine. I was a Chardonnay lover, you know, Cabernet. I smell it, you know, all my partners were wine people. So it was a, a big thing, but it's actually can be a lower frequency vibration. Yeah. We're talking about frequency, Greg, frequency, the frequency of cannabis, if we were to measure it with a pendulum, and the frequency of alcohol. They're two different frequencies. Yes, alcohol is from grapes, but it, it has had the frequency lower. And most people go beyond that level of just maybe a sip or two that makes you happier. Right. Also, right. it's pretty toxic for your liver and your body in the end. So you can't really compare the two because they're different. Yeah. They're really different. You're not going to wake up with a huge alcohol hangover, nor you're going to have to go to a recovery center um, and hit rock bottom on marijuana. Although I will say, again, if you're the kind of person that can't, we can't get you away from the video games, then you will hit rock bottom and maybe have an addiction and that you will. That might be the result. You hit rock bottom. Yeah. No guarantees here. Yeah, Kelly, Kelly Bird in a comment says, I've never had a blackout with smoking weed. Uh, <laughs> Hi, Kelly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's I mean, that is the argument, right? And and then you hear, I mean, that, that well, I, I guess the legalization of this thing is uh, something that we could argue is. Uh, and also the use of, I mean, I see Facebook ads about becoming a psychedelic 
psychedelic medical practitioner. I'm going, that is something uh, two years ago, maybe even a year ago, six months ago, that is still, it, it was still going psychedelics and mainstream. Con I mean, there is something about exploring these altered states of consciousness and the potential that I think is, uh, well, it's resonating with a lot more people than it used to. Um, the question is, I mean, you're talking to the guides. Is Are, are things going to tip the other way? Are the systems going to get destroyed? Or do we need to be like Elon Musk and get off this planet? Because that's what we know he's doing out there. Is this planet, can we redeem this Earth? Joan of Angels, I need to know. Not from psychedelics to can we redeem this Earth? <laughs> yes. I want you to know that your question expanded. Yeah, it, it um, definitely did. It definitely did. With the power of psychedelics, there's an expansion of consciousness. That expansion of consciousness could assist the planet and, and the beings into the ascension levels. When they remove the plant medicine from the planet, there's a decreasing in consciousness on that planet or in that civilization. I'm quoting Graham Hancock, but he made tremendous sense to me when he said that. Yeah. And he even pointed out, we look at different civilizations and cultures, and the ones that were openly using that plant medicine, those psychedelics or the marijuana, the cannabis were the ones that were more outgoing, they grew, they were, there was art and literature and expansion of thought, freedom of thought. And look how our country kind of, you know, went inside. And that was when uh, cannabis and psychedelics became illegal. And knowing that both cannabis and psychedelics have been used for centuries, thousands of years, and the cannabis for many thousands of years on our planet, in every ritual, every culture, including ours. Yeah. Yeah, the thing that, you know, if we're to strip all of this away, to bring it down to that person in their bed, deciding whether to get up, do their job, do whatever. The thing that I keep hearing is this, where is the expansion? Where's the opportunity to expand yourself? And and it seems that you could call it the awakening, but you could also just call it the great expanding. I, I think people are chasing the thing that would make them larger. Um, Joan of Angels, if there was one thing that you could tell people right now listening that could help them get more in tune with where they want to expand, what would you tell them? I would say, first of all, remember that you came down here to be here during these times, right today, 2021. You came down here specifically to play your part in the unfolding of humanity in these times. Ask yourself, in five years, or if you're in five years, or if you, you are older and you're gonna tell your children what you did during the pandemic, how you grew, how you changed, how, how it shifted, and then ask yourself the ways you want to come out of this. So like last year, when I heard the, the guide said, look, there's a, you know, use it or lose it. And if you're gonna be Joan of Angels, you have to step into that energy of it. And Greg, if you're to be you, Greg Bornstein, you have to step into that power of you. Mm. And, um, and our friend you just mentioned, Kelly, if you're going to be you, 
you have to step into that whole energy of you. So look at how you would want to emerge from this. I decided I, I was emerging as a leader. I was going to stop hiding in my closet. I was going to come out. I was going to do and my share my teachings and do what I came here to do. Or else I might as well be gone. So it's like live free or die. I'm going to do what I came here to do. And that's what I suggest. You don't have to know it. It could be like, look, just go to Starbucks and shine your light and radiate. Practice that. Do yeah. it from the heart yeah. say, okay, I'm going to go out in the world. I know they're all miserable out there. I'm just going to shine my light and be a bright light and, and beam love and smile at everyone. That's what I'm going to do for the next few years. Yeah. That's a purpose too, because your smile is a high vibrational frequency and it will lift many people. Whoa. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, you made me smile. There's a lot, there's a lot of heart out there. Um, yeah, I, I very, I very much admire, uh, your presence, Joan of Angels. Uh, I admire that the, uh, the, the verve with which you've, you've never really given up on this pursuit. Um, and I admire that you survived a cult, which, my gosh, what, what is that episode going to be? <laughs> We're going to have to get into yes. that one day. We can talk about that. There <laughs> yeah. is a cult. Phase two. They call it the cult of the medical industrial complex. <laughs> oh, whoa, whoa. medical cult, too. <laughs> yeah. And that's yeah. another story. I didn't even think of it, but it is true. But are we ready to decode that? Oh. Anyway, I don't I know. I want to tell you. Yes. You are a great interviewer. You have a great presence. Your questions have been so thoughtful even though I know that they're, you know, you're just spontaneous on what we're talking about, but really insightful, Greg. And I've learned a lot being on the show with you. You have a lot of empathy. You do have empathy, which is an intuitive trait. <laughs> what are the, what are the guides? Do the guides, do, do, I mean, do you have to like do anything to channel or, or have the guides been saying anything about this interview? I don't need, okay. So they have given me a few pointers here and there and corrected me in a few ways. So they're there, but you know, they're not, they're not critiquing. So I'll just tell you how I feel. I'm a God myself. I feel that you've created a very safe place for me to share my experiences and what I do and how I help people. And we've had a, a wonderful interchange and I feel supported. I feel greatly kind of liked, you know, like, like, oh my God, I feel happy on the show with you. This is oh, wonderful. Oh my gosh. Oh. Well, I there is so much love out there for you. Uh my friend Melissa Irene Divinity is is has been screaming your praises in the chat. We oh just hard. Okay. You're gonna have to connect with her. Melissa's great. Um tell her to come to my YouTube channel, Joan of Angels. Yeah. My website is joanofangels.com. Of course, all things Joan of Angels. Don't worry, there's no other Joan of Angels. There is someone who calls herself Joan of the Angels. Someone else calls herself Joan of Art. <laughs> oh, no. You have to fight Joan this. No, no, no. There's a lot of Jones on the planet. Jones a common name. Okay. <laughs> yes. So, Melissa, check, check me out. And please all help me grow my YouTube channel. Joanofangels.com. And, of course, we got the link tree in the show notes. We also have your course. My course. 
Yes, it is. Uh, yeah, I definitely. Uh, so much, so much love. Kelly Bird says, Joan rocks. Yeah, I feel that. I feel that. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm so glad. I, re I very much enjoyed this dialogue. I, uh, you, you have a very unique perspective on these things. So I, I, I appreciate, I appreciate you sharing this all with, uh, with everybody. You know, when I saw you on, on the, uh, Disclosure Festival, when we were in the panel, you just had such a nice presence. And um, oh, I mean, thank you. Like, oh no, I gotta, I gotta talk to him. He's easy to talk to. He'll be fun. He's got a great perspective. Oh, well, Good listener. Well, I so appreciate that. I give I really... you, a, I give you an A. <laughs> oh my gosh! Whoa! I got graded well. I yes, that is very good. Thank you. Can... Thank you. <laughs> Everybody. Tried already. I love your audience. They've, I can even feel them over here. Oh, good. Oh, my gosh. Hey, no, this smiling. has been so fun. This has been you fun. You keep smiling I... as you read your YouTube comments. <laughs> well, I'm looking at the, I'm looking over here. There is just so much, there is, there's, there's just so much love. I mean, it's, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. That's what I love about this community. And that is what I think. It's why in high school, the drama kids were kind of hated upon sometimes because they were always, you know, drama kids were a little more touchy feely with each other in a, in a consensual way. Um, but you know, they were just more flowing. They were more heart centered. And, and I, I remember there was some, sometimes like a disdain against these kids that were more connected with each other and all this way. And I'm, I'm going, yeah, you know what? Maybe the angel people are just having more fun fun than the muggles you know in some ways maybe maybe that's part of it there's a lot of there's a lot of judgments that people have to get over um but i think the world just wants yeah they're young souls and forgive them that way do you think have you been involved in a lot of cuddle puddles what <laughs> I have to ask you this question. Cuddle have you puddles? been in cuddle cuddle puddles? Was that a thing back when you were in the ashram? That is that is such. <laughs> I don't know why that question. Did someone asked that question. No, that's just a Greg question. Um, no, you know what a cuddle puddle is? It's when you go to a rave these days, and they have in the corner. They always have the cuddle puddle where it's a group of people just laying down together on top of each other, and it's it was definitely a pre-COVID thing, but I don't know if that came from. <laughs> Some the uh <laughs> I have never ever been in a cuddle puddle, but um well that's not true, but I was on a cuddle puddle in a plant medicine journey. Yeah, that's what I imagine it would happen. So I think people were trying to simulate that kind of level of ascension. Um Yeah, does everybody need to just lay down together and does the world need to be in a cuddle puddle? I don't know. I think people could get a little weird if that were the case. Um but if if people were more open to it, I mean human contact. I don't know. I don't know. I see I see very different weird visions of the world. Um but that's interesting. Joan of Angels, ladies and gentlemen, has never been in a cuddle puddle. This is what we can <laughs> But it might happen one day. It could. It could, especially since you've now announced it to the world. <laughs> <laughs> that's the next step in your expansion to lay down next to a random stranger and just just feel them that's what you do in acting school right oh that, that's God. what we do all the time we did we, it wasn't anything weird it was purely just 
you 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 did this exercise where you'd lay down on someone's stomach and you just kind of like hear their breathing and feel a connective sense of energy. Sometimes I feel like that kind of stuff is it's it it definitely raises the consciousness just because people are touching each other with no agenda. It's purely just connection. I don't know. I don't know. It might freak me out. <laughs> I, I think I'm a little freaked Actually, out that I'm talking about this publicly. Hey, everybody. I just don't know. Do, guys, do not put me in a cuddle puddle. Yeah. <laughs> Joan of Angels is not going in a cuddle puddle. Just know that, folks. Oh, my gosh. But, but I am a very heartfelt person. I can't tell you that. Yeah. Some of yeah. Pisces, Pisces are that way. Yeah. And you have art. I mean, there's so much going on here. JoanofAngels.com. Uh, uh, she's not going to lead any cuddle puddle retreats anytime soon. It's going to be purely the, the angels might touch you, but but th that's okay. That's okay if they. Um, what if it was a cuddle puddle with angels though? Well, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So I, you know, yes, I could probably promise twelve angels will cuddle you when you walk in the door. <laughs> uh, uh, gosh Kelly Bird says I want to sit across from someone And just look in their eyes No words Yeah isn't that I mean that's kind of where we're going in some ways Right this telepathy Idea this the What is that in the Celestine prophecy This idea that one day we're just gonna Look at each other and really communicate Everything That's seeing what isn't seen As my friend Jerome talked about Um do you do that with people? Do you look at people and ever just have telepathic conversations with them? Um, you know, I've had some tele telepathic things that have happened. But I can't say that I've had that too often. I did once. I mean, I did, but not enough that I would go around and say I'm telepathic. What I can say is like, for instance, if I'm doing a reading for someone, I will get these random thoughts in my head that have I have no idea what they are. And when I say them, it turns out that they recognize it. Like, I don't know, I was doing a reading for this woman and I said, God, I just keep seeing you with a punching bag. <laughs> like you're boxing. And she started laughing. She said, my husband took me around to all the boxing clubs today. <laughs> so I can't. Interesting. Because I saw it. You know? So you receive, you receive. I receive yes. I'm, oh yeah, I'm a receiver. Thank you. Yeah. And I will pick up lots of random things. And I'm actually taking some classes and going into trance, trance speaking. So, oh, oh, what? With you. <laughs> what does that mean? What is trance speaking? That, that sounds right up my alley. So, that, so peop, that's, that's people like Bashar who move oh, over. Oh, right to be taken over and their voice might change or their mannerisms might change and they're speaking in another you've heard people like that i've heard people do it i didn't realize it was something that you could be taught now in the sense what are you doing there are you actually because normally when i think of bashar and um who's that lady's name i think her name is caroline right or is it bowers she was on the she was on the panel for total disclosure people that all of a sudden start channeling extraterrestrial entities um i'm going this feels like it's something that's not a choice they didn't say one day i'm gonna trance this they just start speaking but i just start yes yes so i have a unique thing 
going on for me, which is kind of crazy. So I, I have many lifetimes where I used to talk to the gods all the time. And I was known for that. I was also murdered, killed at the stake, drowned, et cetera, et cetera. And I had a huge cell issue. Oh my gosh. So the fact that I'm as good as I am and doing my readings is truly a miracle because honestly, there's still much of my consciousness that's being opened now. So I took that class so I could break free of any fears that I might have of channeling completely or even going deeper. Does that make sense? And it's very scary to me because I have a protocol when I do readings and now I'm taking that protocol away. Interesting. Asking spirit to show me. And actually I have, I should be able to do that. Interesting. What happens if you mix it with marijuana? Um, that's a good question. So sometimes, so I've had some clients that actually they'll smoke, will be on Zoom and they, they'll ask me to smoke with them and I give them permission to smoke and, and we'll be able to go deeper. Really? So that allows us to go actually deeper because well, for them, they can receive better. And for me, I get tuned up even better. It does allow me to receive more information. Joan of Angels. <laughs> oh my gosh. That I do this. It's just very rare. I mean, it's just by happenstance that it will happen. But yeah. Yeah. So that could help because what it opens up my consciousness. And again, it's focused with an intention to receive information that's of healing benefit to the person with me. So yeah. Do you ever get paranoid? When I, in my twenties, I did, but that was the days when the weed was very different when you didn't have a, a choice about the kind of cannabis you had Yeah, and only smoked whatever the dealer brought or they, you know, sent around at a party and I was extremely paranoid. It was not healthy for me at all to smoke weed. Yeah. I became too much of an introvert, too shy to everything. So for someone out there that's listening to this and going, why are we talking about weed? <laughs> That's going, I want to use weed, but sometimes it messes me up. Um, right. You know, I mean, is it the strand? Is it the, what? what is your guidance here? Cannabis has changed, okay? We now have the ability to have different strains that can do different things. So there's cannabis that could help you if you just want to go in your garage and paint, okay? Creative. There's cannabis yeah. if you, to if you have a whole day doing tedious online work say okay there's cannabis that would help you focus there's cannabis that would help you um be social you're going to an event you want to be more social so there's cannabis for that there's cannabis for going to bed at night or if you have pain that'll put you in the couch and relax you so it all depends on what effect you want to have yeah your day so so if if you want to use cannabis for focus and you wake up and you have the right kind of cannabis you can use it in kind of microdosing through the day and find that you focus oh my god i got like 12 hours of work done in in six very interesting i am uh yeah i'm gonna have to explore this more because again it's well i don't know it's uh i've heard more and more 
people talk about someone I interviewed, Phil Farber, whose interview hasn't come out yet. Um, but he wrote a whole book on high magic. And I, I definitely, if you're saying it, if he's saying it, if, if people have been using this through the ages, they discover it, they keep discovering it. You did. That's something, uh, Phil pointed out to me that, you know, they don't often talk about when they go into these ancient sites. Uh, they don't want to publicize that there's cannabis traces there, but they're there. Um, again, to Graham Hancock's point, right? People were eating the plants. Things were happening. Uh, why we why ignore it? You know, right. there were no laws telling you you can't do it. If it helped you, you took it. Yeah, you took it. Yeah. This has been such a whirlwind conversation. I don't even know what happened. <laughs> I feel like we rose, we 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 escaped the cuddle puddle. Uh, angels touched us. Uh, divine inspiration came. There were there. This got a little artistic. This got a little. Uh, I mean, it 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 really went all over the place. Um, do you think? I mean, look, Joan of Angels. I know this was a wild conversation, but. If you were to pull anything away from this, if you were to pull a th central theme, if you were to put it in a nice bow, uh, put it in a package, put the bow on top, that kind of thing, uh, what are you feeling right now? What are, they, what are the guides saying? Well, I hear the word step into the miraculous with Joan mm. of Angels. Step into the mirac. Yes. Yes, that's it. There's so many different forms of miracles. And if you want, right. if you want to step into the more, Joan of Angels dot com is the place to do it um yeah thank you so much for this conversation it's been it's been a wild ride i've enjoyed it okay it's been fantastic I, i'm going to tell you again you're a great interviewer congratulations on the show and your great audience because you're great at this greg this is one of your callings <laughs> oh well i i very much appreciate it But what were my other callings, Joan of Angels? Look, I want to thank Joan for coming on the show, but what an open loop. Hey, you know what? I'll take the compliment. She's broadcasting. I'm broadcasting. She's awesome. I want to thank Ronnie McGilvery for the theme music. I want to thank all of you for listening. Again, if you enjoy open loops, take five seconds, rate the show on Apple Podcasts, say a few words and I want you to paint something special for me you know draw me like one of your French angels do they have angels in France? ask Van Gogh alright I need this three day weekend take care everybody